So much louder. Two, two, two.
Well, well, good evening. And uh, I trust that you've uh, enjoyed getting a little bit of food and some, something to drink this evening as a, as a starter. Uh, and so we want to give you a, a really warm welcome this evening. Uh, we've got uh, quite a lot to convey and to participate in. So uh, we're going to make a prompt start. And so what I'm going to do is just give you uh, an outline of what we're going to cover this evening. Uh, and then uh, we're going to hand over to the others who will lead us through. So an outline of tonight. It is going to be a bit of a vision recap. Um, we're going to celebrate some of the things that God has been doing. Um, we're going to review what God has been saying to us uh, and what we're doing in response. Uh, some brief news updates, and we're then going to commit and pray. And that's it. And we're going to do all of that in one hour. But it's not just going to be us talking to you, because we're going to have some fun. There's going to be uh, some interactive bits as well. So uh, you're going to need to be able to move around a bit and use your phones. And throughout the course of the evening, you might well have some questions. And uh, if you do, uh, please write them down on a piece of paper, which the lovely Sarah is handing out now. She's handing out pens and paper for you to write your questions. And if during the course of what we, what we convey, uh, your questions are answered, that's great. You can strike them off. But if not, at the end of our main session, we'll collect up the questions remaining, and then subsequently we'll have a bit of a Q&A session. So after that, the team will be around. So if you've got any one-to-one -one questions or you just want to have a chat, then we'll be here to answer your questions. So that's what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. So now, over to Theo. Well, good evening, everyone. Thanks for coming out on a Thursday evening. It's an unusual night to be at Central Hall, but it's good to be together. Um, and um, we hope you're going to find this evening helpful and interesting and hopefully a little bit inspiring as we look ahead to what we sense God is saying and the way he's leading us and how we can journey together as a church community. Uh, but the first thing that is really important before we even start on this evening is just remembering what it's all about and what is it that God has called us to. And I am going to need two teams of helpers. We've always got to have a bit of competition going, haven't we, on any good evening of fun. I am going to need uh, two teams, one here and one here. I need four people on each team, and in each team, I've got a hand coming up already. That's very good. I'm going to need someone who is at primary school, someone who's at secondary school, someone who is not at primary school or secondary school but under 50, and someone who is over 50. So you've got to get the generations to come along. So first of all, if you are at primary school, can you put your hands up? I've got, I, I've got a Phoebe over there, and who else have I got? Oh, we need a boy in the mix, don't we? I think Josiah. Come on, Josiah. So, Phoebe, come on down. So, uh, J Josiah over here on this side, and Phoebe, if you come and join me here. So, we need some secondary school age people. Yes, uh, who are we going to have in the mix? Yes, we've got Bethan. And over here, and we've got the first hand that went up was over here. So why don't you come and join us? That's brilliant. And now um, I need um, I need Joe and Rachel. <laughs> there we go. Just to make clear, you're in the under 50 category. 
There we go. You can show me whichever team you want. And then we need, I, I suppose it's a bit awkward, isn't it? I don't want to ask people's age. But if you, if you consider yourself over 50 or would like to identify as being over 50, um, then can I have, I need two volunteers. Two volunteers. Uh, uh, yeah, Josh, sorry. Not today. Not today. Uh, so I think uh, uh, Mr. Richard Swift, he was very keen to sit at the front. <laughs> Come and join this team. And who else? have we got in the mix that we have in the house? Anyone who's sitting right at the back? How about Olivia Scott? Come on, Olivia, come and join this team. All right, good. So, we've got two teams, we've got four on each team. Oh, oh, you haven't started already, Rachel Jones. Rachel Jones, outrageous. I didn't know you had a competitive streak, Rachel. So, so um, if I get my timer, we as a church have a mission statement and a vision statement. And somewhere mixed up and jumbled in all these words is both our mission statement and our vision statement. And each team is going to have 90 seconds to put the mission statement in place and the vision statement. There's one point for getting the mission statement right and up to three for getting the other right. And before you kind of keep going, and I'm going to start the stopwatch. Oh, by the way, teams... This side of the room, this is your team. You need to cheer these guys on. This is all about you, and this is for your team. Okay, so give them some help. Apparently, it's just the vision statement, so you might not get any points for that one. So let's see how we go on that. On the marks, get set, go. Halfway through, 45 seconds to go. You can help them if you think they're doing a bad job. You can't get out of your seats, but you can shout out some encouragement or redirection if you need to. At Oak Furniture Land, we know it's what's inside that really matters. Why every sofa comes with a lifetime frame guarantee. That's lasting value you can trust. An oak furniture land sofa. Four, three, two, one. There we go. Let's stop. What we are going to announce is our new sponsorship deal with uh, Furniture Land for a new community church. But let's stop. Let's see how we are doing. So, um, so over this. Oh, sorry. There's my timer. We can stop that, can't we? So, how are we doing? Listen, can you tell me you're going to read me through this and tell me what, you, what, we, what we've got? No, no, no moving now. You can't move everything. Come on, pop that back, Joe. None of this cheating. There we go. You're setting a bad example to the, the over 50s and the children. So, yeah. to, see, to see the whole church following the way of Jesus and transformation of Southampton and beyond, making disciples and to every area bringing life. 
you've got all the right words, <laughs> but in slightly the wrong order. Okay, let's see how we're doing over this. So, Bethan. To see the whole church following the way of Jesus, making disciples and bringing life and transformation to every area of Southampton and beyond. Very good. So this side of the room got absolutely bang on. So three points for this side. I think we'll give you one. You got the first few words right. So very good. You can go and sit down now. Brilliant. So, um, so Mike, we can have the slides up. Just that reminder at the top. There we go. So our mission statement, which wasn't actually on there, is changing lives, transforming communities. And our vision is exactly as I had it there. Right. There are three really key verses, uh, uh, scripture verses, that we have sensed are really key to us as a church in our obedience to following Jesus. So I need a little bit of help uh, in order to find them. So I need three people. Um, again, let's see. We're going to have, uh, who can we have? Um, yes. Yeah, come on. Come and join us. Come on, Abigail. Come on, Abigail. Come and join us. Um, and we need someone else. Who else we got over there in that young age category? Josh, come on. Come and join us. Come and join this team. Uh, we need two uh, teenagers. Well, Rosie, you're good to find a place in your Bible. Come on. You know, you know, youth, young person. That'll do. Someone in youth. Who you got on this side? Who's in youth? Verity, come on. You can go this side, Josh. And then we need two adults. Who feels like they are, they're grounded in God's word? I reckon, go on, Jimmy. Any more volunteers? <laughs> come on, there we go. And Graham Bauer, come on, Graham, come and join us. So, we have a children's Bible here, okay, and, uh, and there we go. So, how, the right way up. So, this is a sword drill. Everyone ever done a sword drill? the first person, the first team to find the correct verse and then read it out aloud is the winner. And there's a point for each team each time we have a Bible verse. So um, no pressure at all. So the first Bible verse, if we can have it on the screen, Mikey, and as soon as the verse appears on the screen, you can start looking for it, is Mark 12, chapter 30. I mean, verse 30. Who's got it? Who's got it? We got it. This team has it over here. These guys are close. Right. Who would like to read it out? Love the Lord with all your soul and all your mind and with all your strength. Very good. Fantastic. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Okay, there's one point over here. So that's four points total to this team. Here we carry on from last one and, and, and one still on this team. So see you guys if you can get some extra points now. Okay, close the Bible. And the next verse is Mark chapter 12, verse 31. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. 
There is no commandment greater than these. Well done. Thank you very much. Absolutely love your neighbor as yourself. Very important. Now, there is finally one, so I believe that is five points to this team, one to this. You can scrape another one back if you are quick. Now, the last verse is <laughs> Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. Team on the left. Okay, who's going to read that out then? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well done. Thank you, team. So we end with two points on this team. But the winners are this side of the room with a full five points. Thank you very much for all my brilliant helpers. Excellent. So go and have your seats. Superb. And uh, well, we'll leave that slightly confusing one on the left there. Remember, this is the side you've got to look at. All right. There we go. Great. Brilliant. <laughs> So, um, just wanted at the start of the evening, really, just to recap on what our mission is and what our vision is, what we believe God's called us to um, as a church, and recognize as well that those three verses are so important, that we would love God, that we would love one another, and that we are called to go and to make disciples. And so, if we actually um, think about it, though, the, the, the mission and vision of the church are to do those things, but the actions, the way we do it, should be through loving God, through loving one another, and through going and making disciples. So, we just wanted to start by reminding ourselves of that so we journey it together through the evening. So, what we want to do this evening as well is not just look ahead to the future, but also celebrate all, uh, some of the things that God has been doing among us as a church over the last 12 months. And there are many, many things. This is just going to be highlighting a few. But um, as we focused on loving God and aspects of uh, how we can express that, we've had our day away back in November with 175 people, Julian Richards joining us in, um, in Winchester, and uh, a great time of worship that day. We had our season of prayer, which was wonderful to be here in November, December, and January, gathering together across all the ages and seeking God and using these boards to write down pictures and words of what God was saying among us. We had our first ever quiet Christmas service, which was a great opportunity for a more reflective service at Christmas, for, for, for recognizing that for some people Christmas can be quite a challenging season. It's a time to take stock and reflect. And we saw a number of people come from other churches beyond the church to enjoy that. The Pioneer Conference, which happened just a few um, weeks away, very powerful times of worship. Our worship team leading for far more hours than was anticipated because there was a sense of just giving more space to worship. And an amazing stewarding team, which many of you are part of, who just created such a wonderful atmosphere for so many leaders as they came from all over the world. Then, reflecting on that other aspect of our community together as we love one another, the Leadership Transition Weekend back in October where we all gathered to really celebrate and honour uh, the 20 years of leadership and many more before that actually that Billy and Caroline brought to the church and then praying in the new leadership team. Then our New Year's Day walk of 65 or so people uh, wandering around following me around the New Forest, <laughs> which wasn't a very good idea. 
one of the routes was blocked. I managed to not lose anyone. Our family walks normally end up in a bog, and this one didn't. So you did very well on that one. And teas at houses afterwards. Our youth weekend away, which was um, just a, a couple of weekends ago, an amazing team of volunteers taking away uh, 34 of our young people uh, to uh, Fairthorne Manor and having a brilliant time with just meeting, encountering God. And then uh, the click the groups that um, operate right across that are bringing real life, just to, to mention out of many, there's the International Connect Group, um, which we're going to hear a little bit about in a moment, and the young, uh, young Adults, Young Parents Connect Group, which has just been so thriving and created a place for those with young children to gather. And then as we thought about going and making disciples, what does it look like to be uh, going out beyond our community and serving others? There's the warm space, which started back in October, just in this building, and to create space for people to come and find community. It's become such a thriving community of more than 50 people each week, and many places across the city have started them, but it's been recognized in the city that this has been probably the most successful in terms of gathering people and creating a safe place of community. There's the meeting point, which does a similar thing on a Friday morning over in Bitten Park, a community, a regular community of 10 or more people coming from the community to find fellowship and life. Then there's Fair Share, which it runs every single Sunday over in Sholing, uh, most recently the Royal British Legion run by the Sholing community, where they provide food for families that spare food from, uh, from uh, supermarkets. And they've upgraded this year, not just Tesco's, but Waitrose. Is that right, Five? Yeah, very good. And uh, then the, the monthly quiz night, also there in that community in Sholing. And then for our young people, six, seven, eight club night happening in Bitten Park once a month, where our young people in year six, seven, eight can gather, have fun, and bring their friends. And that's just a few of the many good things that have been taking place across this community, um, led by many of you to serve not just the church, but the communities beyond. And uh, there is much to celebrate. We just want to hear from three of those at the moment, from Mikey, telling us a bit about the Pioneer Alchemy Conference, Alec, a little bit about the International Connect Group, and uh, Amy, about 678 Club Night. and they'd already heard the gospel message and they were really, really excited by that. But they knew next to nothing about the faith. Now being an international group, we never know how long people are going to stay with us. Uh, and these two just stayed with us for six weeks. Uh, we first met them when we invited them to uh, a walk with us in the New Forest. And from that, they joined uh, the Connect group on Thursday evening. Now they were only with us for six weeks, but during that time, together with Friends International, we gave them the best grounding we could uh, in the faith. And at the same time, they experienced Christian fellowship, 
as we ate together and as we studied the Bible together on Thursday evenings. When they went back to their home country, we were able to put them into contact uh, with Christians in their own country. Uh, one of them found it very difficult being a Christian, or is finding it difficult being a Christian uh, in their own country. Uh, and your prayers uh, are, are really, uh, will be really welcome. But the other one is walking with God, and we're still in contact, including weekly Bible studies. Uh, our connect group uh, is only one, one part of their journey. And it was a, uh, we've only known them for a very short while. Uh, but nonetheless, as a group, we aim to welcome everyone who God sends us. Uh, and if we can help them uh, on their journey in some way, uh, then that's a blessing for them and it's a blessing for us too. So, as I say, just a few of the things to celebrate from our community. There are many more that we don't have time to mention tonight. But what we'd like to do now is to get you involved, helping us out again, and is asking the question, what have you appreciated about new community or being part of this church community over the last year? So if you can get your phones out, if you have a smartphone, and go to www.menti.com. And in a moment, a code will appear on the screen. If you put that code in on menti.com, um, you will be able to answer the question, which Mikey is just uh, getting ready to go now. There we go. So that code, uh, that code right at the top of the screen, 56914758. Once you get to menti.com, put that in and then put your answer. Just, just like a word or a brief phrase. Say, what is it that you've been grateful for in the last year? Um, that's related to this community, and uh, we'll just enjoy seeing what that is as they pop on the screen. We might need to scroll down. Does it need scrolling down, Mikey? I'm not sure. So we can see the other answers. So if you've, uh, if you've filled yours in, just have a look on the screen at some of the things that, um, that we appreciate. Being an amazing community, people, pattern group, all of you. Let's go with youth work. Youth group where we can spend time with friends, laugh and learn. Alex Sheen. <laughs> um, sensitivity in lockdown, family, swim run club, youth, youth cake. I don't know what youth cake is. 
Amazing. Is that Alex Sheen again? Good old Alex Sheen. Genuine care. <laughs> Close friendships. Encouragement to step out in faith and show the reality of God. Great leadership welcome. Growing in God. The way the church pulls together through COVID. Worship. And of course, Alex Sheen. <laughs> so just a few of the many things that we appreciate. <laughs> Brilliant. Where is Alex? He's been busy on his phone. He's been busy on his phone. <laughs> there we go. Great. Thanks, Mikey. That's brilliant. We could go on all night, but uh, we are rapidly running way behind schedule. So there we go. So having thought about the vision, having celebrated a little bit of what God has been doing among us, um, we just wanted to take a little bit of time uh, reflecting on what we sense God has been saying. And uh, we had those three months of prayer and gathering these boards, we said before, were filled with prophetic words and pictures. And uh, then at the start of January, we as a leadership team went away for a couple of days to Dorset. And we took with us absolutely everything that was on both these boards. And we read through the whole lot and spent, uh, spent uh, a good period of time praying, uh, reading through and asking God what we sensed he was saying. Asking God, from what you are speaking to us about, what are the priorities for the year ahead? And we recognized as a team that there were six uh, key prophetic themes coming through. The first was the theme of equipping, that sense that everyone in this community has a part to play, whatever their age. And what I particularly enjoyed about those uh, prayer evenings was the fact that we had the young people and the children in with us there as we do today. That everyone has a part to play. We all have gifts to use and we need to equip one another to use them and to serve Jesus across our community. We also recognize that there was a clear sense of God speaking about the need to understand the times that we're living in and be equipped to live in them well, both in terms of the cultural conversations going on at the moment and also in terms of what's happening economically um, for people. There was a clear sense that God is wanting to lead us into places of refreshing water, that he wants to refresh us and revive us, where people are thirsty and hungry and to bring new life, and the vital importance of prioritizing time in God's presence. Um, quite a, a number of, of, of contributions about the facts being old, old to you, that we are in a new era, that there are some things that need to be left, hand, left behind and some things that we need to take on with us. Great sense of encouragement to be courageous, particularly from Joshua chapter 1, and also the importance of counting the cost, the fact that following Jesus has a cost, that it costs us as we choose to follow him and lay down our lives. So the conclusion that we came to as we spent time in prayer together and discussing together and asking God to speak to us as a leadership team, that there is a, a particular key priority that God is calling us as a church to focus on and as a leadership team to focus on over the remainder of this year. And that is to equip the church, as all of us, to follow Jesus wholeheartedly so that we would all live confidently in the challenging times that we find ourselves. That we would be empowered by the Holy Spirit so that we could be shining lights and confident carriers of the gospel wherever we go. And uh, wholehearted followers of Jesus, we believe, are people who are in love with Jesus, that love one another courageously, and who will go beyond the walls of the church to love people, to show compassion, and to make disciples. And 
God spoke to us very specifically from Ephesians chapter 4, um, highlighting that mandate uh, for, for, for leaders um, in, uh, in the context of church to equip God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And equipping includes many different elements. Um, it's about creating room in God's presence for refreshing, for encounter and empowering the Holy Spirit. It's about building deep foundations in scripture, in prayer, in the spiritual gifts and confidence to share Jesus. It is about understanding the times. What are Jesus' values and where do, they, uh, where, where do they fit with cultural values? It's responding with compassion to economic challenges. It's learning to live well as followers of Jesus. It's counting the cost of following him, learning to surrender, learning to lay down our lives daily for him, but also for each other. And it's helping everyone to understand the part that they have to play, both in the world and in the church community. And it's about creating intentional environments for equipping, for growing, for stepping out in faith. And we recognize that God was calling us to equip the whole church to follow the way of Jesus, make disciples, and bring life and transformation to every area of Southampton and beyond. And we all have a part to play in that, no matter how old or young we are, no matter where we find ourselves in our circumstances in life, we all have a part to play in that. So, in light of that, we're going to move on now just to ask the question, if, if that's what we sense God is asking us to do, if that is the sense of the direction he's calling us in, what are we actually going to do about it? Because it's wonderful to hear God, but we are also called to follow God in obedience as well. So I'm just going to move on to share a little bit about that. I'm going to ask Flora to come up um, in a moment or so as well to give some more uh, detail and specific areas. But uh, for the boys and girls, there are now some activities at the back. So if you want to go and uh, get involved down there, feel free to do that. Um, and uh, you can still be part of what's going on. Hopefully you'll still be uh, listening in and uh, picking up what we're doing together and we'll draw you back together at the end. So there are four key areas that we are going to be focusing on throughout the rest of 2023. Um, beliefs and values, equipping one another to live in the current times, a discipleship pathway and small communities. So starting with the first one, beliefs and values. Um, at the bedrock of our, com our community, our core beliefs and values that we share together. We gather around those core beliefs and values. You know, who, who is God and what has he done for us? That shared belief. What does he say about who we are as his children? What does it mean for us and humanity to, uh, to be children of God? What is it that God has done for the whole world? And how, therefore, should we live our lives in light of this? In the light of what God has done for us. And then that also leads us on to questions about what it means to belong to our community. How do we each play our part? What can we expect from one another in community and um, in family? And we recognize we haven't always been as clear on some of these things as we could be. And for new people quite keen to join our community, we haven't always made it very easy for them to know what we're about and how to belong. Uh, we have no desire to create a set of rules to follow. We are a grace-filled, 
community founded on God's unconditional love. And we want to remain that way. But we do want to be clear about what we believe and what values we hold, especially at a time when so many biblical values are being questioned, including uh, by some Christians. Therefore, we've begun already as a leadership team a process of um, examining and reaffirming our core beliefs and developing some clear shared values that we can journey together as a church community. And our plan is that by the autumn, term, we will have developed and clearly articulated an understanding of what those core beliefs are and our distinctive values and also what it means to belong so that we in the autumn can share, explore those together as a whole church, but also so that we can develop um, resources for newcomers, course for newcomers to gain a clearer understanding of who we are, what we're about and how they can become a fully integrated, connected part and a contributing member of our community. So that is our plan uh, around beliefs and values over uh, the remainder of this year. So the second item, number two, equipping one another to understand the times and helping one another to live confidently as followers of Jesus. Now we recognize that we live in confusing times. There are our media feeds are full of narratives from very divergent worldviews about a huge number of issues such as race and identity and gender and relationships and sexuality and many, many others. And uh, I think we can all recognize that on days it can be incredibly difficult to navigate these. And especially those of us with children to know how do we teach our children in light of some of the things that they are taught in schools or things that they come across online. And we want to help each other to understand the times we live in, to discover what the Christian worldview, which is based on the authority of Scripture, tells us about these issues, and learning how to navigate them with wisdom and truth, but also with grace and compassion and with confidence. We've already begun to explore some of these issues as a leadership team. Uh, for some of the more complex issues, we plan to draw together a slightly broader working group to help us uh, look at uh, establishing consistent theological and pastoral responses um, to some of those issues and challenges. And then from the autumn term, we plan to develop some teaching around some of those issues. Now, some of that we may do on a Sunday morning. We recognize that for some of those uh, those areas we're looking at, there might be different contexts in which that we create in order to be able to explore them more fully and might be more appropriate and wise to do them in slightly different gatherings and contexts. Uh, so that is our plan over the year. In case you are wondering, as a leadership team together, we hold a theologically orthodox view on scripture and what it teaches, but also we hold a, hold a grace-filled, compassionate pastoral approach to those who are struggling with these issues and trying to journey and work out what life looks like in that context because we believe that that's the approach that Jesus took it's not either truth or grace we believe it's both truth and grace difficult though that can be to navigate we believe that Jesus held and as an example walked both of those fully walking in truth but fully extending grace so, those are the uh, first two areas, and just moving on now to Flora, who is going to talk about discipleship pathway and small communities. 
Thank you. I struggled to print out just now, so I've got very large notes on A3 paper. But it's not even magnified, it's just still really small. So um, I'm going to be just chatting through what we're going to be doing in terms of discipleship and what we're going to be doing in terms of our groups over the next few months. So first of all, discipleship. Now, this is an absolutely massive word and really encompasses all that we are as followers of Jesus. Um, when we, we follow Jesus, we are a disciple, and our call as disciples of Jesus is to go and make more disciples. We are in the business of making of discipleship. That's what we are. But I'd just like to us to look at the next slide, which is a passage which kind of sums it up from Matthew 7. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds their house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds their house on the sand. And I think as Christians, we can so often think that if we come to church, if we read our Bible, if we go on lots of courses, then that makes us a disciple of Jesus. But here we can see it's not just about hearing the words of Jesus, but it's also obeying them and putting them into practice. And so as we walk forward and start to develop a discipleship pathway, our, our ethos is going to be about, yes, absolutely, learning and truth. But that needs to be done in the context of relationship and it needs to be a call to action, to practice. So uh, if on the next slide, I've, it's very hard, and please be gracious with me, I cannot sum up the whole of discipleship on one slide. Um, but in essence, we want to be people that learn in, in different contexts, in different relationships, and to obey through spiritual disciplines, loving one another, sharing the gospel, and ultimately making disciples. That's what we want our discipleship to be about. So what's it going to look like? Well, um, the learning part of the pathway will be a little bit like a library of resources that we can use to make disciples wherever we are. So it might start through something like an Alpha course or Kintsugi or, or people may come to faith through <laughs> many other ways. First of all, we'd encourage to do a one-to-one -one discovery Bible course to open up the word and the fundamentals that Jesus teach. This would activate some of those key elements of learning and relationship and obeying. Now, once someone's made a commitment to faith and they've joined our church community, perhaps they've done a belonging group of some sort, then we would want to... Uh, provide um, the found, some of the foundational teachings of Jesus. Now, alongside new believers, we'd also want to offer different sorts of things to people that have been in the church for a while, because I know, you know, there's different, there'll be different areas for each one of us where we think, I really want to know more about that. And so what we're going to do is we're going to focus on six key areas that we, we feel are really important. They're not everything, 
but we think that they're kind of stage one. <laughs> and those areas are prayer, scripture, gifts of the Holy Spirit, identity in Christ, fruitfulness, and sharing the gospel with others. Now, what courses we do, I suppose, would flex in time because new resources are coming out all of the time. But the ones up here at the bottom there, prayer course, Bible course, they're ones that you can get off the shelf literally now, and they're super easy to run. They're easy for um, anybody to run in the context of your own home. So maybe you've done one of those courses above, or you feel like you are in the position that you would be able to run one of them, a bit like Graham and uh, Ben ran the Bible course last year. Now, I would love you to consider if you would be up for running one of those courses. Is this something that you feel passionate about? Has emotionally healthy spirituality impacted you in a way that you want to pass on to others? We would love to run those six courses, all of them, over the next two to three years, but we really need people to lead them. So that's my first request. And these will be part of our new group system, which I'll now go on to explain. Get rid of these silly big bits of paper. Okay, so I think I've got a nice picture of tomatoes. There we go. Okay, so as Theo explained, equipping is key as we move forward in 2023. We want to be carriers of the presence of God wherever we go. And we want to equip one another to make disciples and bring life and transformation in every area of the city. So I've got some tomato plants up here. And as we've been looking at and been thinking about, there's all sorts of amazing life that we have across our church community, some of which will have been shared this evening and some hasn't. There's so many different areas. But I don't know if you've grown tomato plants. Uh, I'm not that expert. We did it a bit in COVID. But um, once they start to grow to a certain height, they need a stake, don't they, to, to, to grow and to be fruitful. And there's some tomatoes with some stakes. <laughs> and what we feel now is that we need to just bring a bit of structure and a bit of clarity where there are where there is so many different areas of life we want to bring a bit of structure and trellis to those areas of life so that they can grow well produce more fruit and that other people can be included in now as well as the prophetic words that Theo's explained we've also had words recently about us being a family on mission together and for us needing to be open and outward looking, allowing others to join in on the amazing church family that we have. Our family is really, really important, but with it, we want to be generous. I spoke a couple of months ago about God's divine hospitality towards us, and we want to be hospitable towards others outside of the church community or those that are just jo joining <laughs> new. Also, purely practically, we actually have got many people that are joining the church, and it's, it's, it's very often on a Sunday, if not every week, that I have somebody saying, I'd love to join a group, but we just don't have space in our groups. We need to create groups that are going to welcome new people, and welcome new believers, 
creates space for devotion and dependence to Jesus, equipping one another, welcome and hospitality, and to be ready for the harvest that we have to believe in. We are disciples and we're in the business of disciple making and we need to be ready. And at the moment, our groups, we're not. We're not. And so there's going to be some changes that we're going to bring in. uh, And they're going to be starting from September 2023 on. Now, as I say, think about the tomato steaks. We're not stopping things. We're not killing plants. We're just putting some structure in to help um, them grow more. Okay, so we're not going to, from September onwards, groups are not going to be called connect groups anymore. We're not going to use the term, we probably will, so forgive us, but missional communities. But groups that are sort of 10 to 30 in number will be referred to as hubs. And this will be a general name for all of those sorts of mid-sized groups. So I'm not talking about pattern groups, which are different. They are close accountability, twos, threes, fours. And I'm not talking about us celebrating as a big group on a Sunday morning. These are the mid-sized groups. There'll be three different sorts. There'll be grow hubs. Now, grow hubs will be what I was just talking about in terms of the discipleship pathway. So there'll be courses, Bible studies. Secondly, there'll be life hubs. These will look a little bit like our current connect groups. So these are groups for devotion, community, and equipping one another on our own front lines. And then finally, transform hubs, which will be groups for reaching a specific people group. So we have, we have groups, we have Shoaling that are r- reaching the area of Shoaling. We have um, Spanish speakers that are looking to invite and include in those that speak Spanish. We've got the international group that we've just heard at. There are many groups that are focused on a particular group of people. There will be time bound. Now, this is something that quite a few churches do. And what that means is that they will run for a five-month period, five-month season. They'll break for a month, and then they'll run for another five-month season. They will be open. Of course, not if your living room's full, then they'll be shut. But um, they will be open to newcomers until they are full. So that's kind of the changes that are happening from September 2023. Now, the hubs will be comprised of four major elements, and these aren't new. These are what were said when Connect Groups were launched 10, 11 years ago. Uh, They will all have elements of devotion to Jesus. They will have elements of uh, pastoral care, of outreach and purpose, and also to be connected to the whole. So through coming to group leaders meetings and connecting into the whole, the wider new community family. Now, just in more detail, the next slide, the criteria. So we want our groups to have these elements. And that's because we feel that these are really, really key for our own discipleship and including others in. They'll be prayerful. They'll be scriptural. The Bible will be central to the group. They'll be devotional, helping to help people in their formation to Jesus. They'll be relational, probably with a core group of 
say, roughly three to six people, and it'd be about 10 to 30 in number. Obviously, that would be maybe with children. They'll be regular, so meeting at least once a month. They'll be pastoral, the main place that we care for one another. They'll equip, they'll be equipping to help each one of us on our own individual front lines. They'll be hospitable, open to people new and people new to faith or people that don't have faith yet. They'll be outward looking. Now this will look different for different hubs. So for some hubs that would be that everyone is supporting one another in really varied front lines. So you might have somebody that's uh, fostering and somebody that's teaching and someone that's uh, a mum on the school run and uh, all different sorts of things that would be their mission, or they might be focused on one thing together. They'll be accountable, committed, and connected to new community. Okay, so just in a little bit more detail, these three different types of hubs. First of all, grow. So there'll be a community who are journeying a specific course or Bible series together. The primary purpose of these groups is discipleship, but that's rooted, as I said earlier, in community and encouraging fruit, putting that into practice. Secondly, life groups, a community of missionaries, which we all are. We are all missionaries in our many and varied places that we will go tomorrow morning. We are sent by God. They'll, uh, they'll be to encourage and equip one another to bring life and transformation and this will be done through prayer, scripture, and fellowship. A transformed community will be slightly different because its purpose will be for a specific people group. Prayer, devotion, and hospitality will be at the heart of the hub, empowering us to make new disciples of Jesus. Okay, so just those, the next slide in a little bit more detail, a grow hub. So they were the courses that I mentioned earlier. There could, of course, be other courses. Perhaps you're sat there thinking, oh, but I would really love to run the marriage course, which, short plug, Esther and Neil and Anna Merrick will be doing next term. <laughs> um, and you might have a passion for that. That's fine. That would be a great grow hub. Now, these will be time-bound. The next one, Life Hub, as I said, a community of missionaries. There'll be kind of act, think acts too, prayer, scripture, communion, sharing lives and meals together. These hubs will be time bound as well. But our transform hubs will be slightly different because they're contextual and they may well be running various different social activities that kind of act as bridges or even starting their own small faith communities because people are coming to know Jesus, they're starting um, that, then they're continuously open to new people. And so those won't be time-bound. So on to the next slide. I'm just going to explain what I mean by this time-bound. I've said it a few times. Now, quite a few churches do this. And what, I, what it is, is we will open up in, um, in September, we will open up for sign-ups. So 
on Church Suite, you'll see a beautiful display of different groups that you could possibly join, and you'd click on and you'd sign up, and then you'd sign up to that group for five months and you'd stay part of it, and then in February it would stop, and then you'd have the chance to either stay in that group or you could move to a different group and do a course or do something else. And the reason that we're doing that is to continuously allow access points for new believers and people that are new to the community. One of our major driving points is that we want to be hospitable. So the timeline. So what I'd love you to do, if you're here tonight, you're probably here because you're in. You're up for being on this journey with us. If you've been part of the church for a while, I'd love you to consider, could you lead a hub? Now, that might only be for uh, one of the two seasons, so the winter season or the summer season, but could you do that? Have a think and pray over the next couple of months, because in June, we're going to be having some hub leader training, and if you are interested in that, I'd love you to come along. Then at the end of July, the existing connect groups will stop and we'll have a break in August and these new hubs will be launched in September. And then they'll start, so they'll run till February, stop in March, start in March, stop in July. That explains it better than I'm saying. Okay, Uh, if you have any questions about that, we will be, write them down, hopefully we'll be able to answer some of those at the end. But we want to be a family on mission together, and we want to be open, and we want to be ready for what we really believe, what we're believing for, and that's new people coming to faith. And we'd love you to join with us and think about leading or joining one of these hubs. Thank you, Flora. Well, she's great, really clear, thank you. Right then, um, I've just got a few quick uh, news updates for you. Uh, one about what's happening in Sholing, uh, the second one about what's happening with Central Hall, and the third one uh, Flora's gonna come back and talk about, which is the uh, youth worker. So, um, Sholing, uh, many of you will know that we've been on a bit of a journey since last summer, and uh, you will know that we had to move out of St. Andrew's Methodist Church in Sholing at the end of August, and through uh, prayer and some of the input we got from the uh, Remainers Prayer Group, uh, we ended up at the Tinners, or otherwise known as the Royal British Legion. That's it there, top right corner. And uh, it, was, it was great at the time. It seemed like the right thing to do at the time. And, um, you know, there's lots of advantages of meeting in a social club. I mean, you can stay behind and have a pint after the service. You can, you can get a roast dinner. <laughs> you know, there's lots of things like that. But it does have its limitations. Uh, we can only use it on a Sunday morning. We can't really have encounter worship nights there whilst it's open for the vets to go down there and drink their pints. So, you know, there are pros and cons to the tinners. Uh, and so it was a home for that period. Uh, but we needed somewhere new somewhere different. Now, kind of in parallel, late last year, uh, the Sholing Elim Church approached us and said that uh, they would be uh, closing their church uh, in January, and uh, would we be interested in taking on the building? So, I said, well, 
We haven't got the money to buy it. Uh, we haven't got the money to pay market rent for it. So you have to give it to us for free. So uh, time went on. And um, just last week, the Elim National Property Board agreed to lease the property to us for three years. Guess what? Rent free. <laughs> and then another twist, only today, this afternoon, uh, I heard from uh, the, the lady who runs the, the Timmers that it will actually be closing, sadly. Not only will it be closing, but this coming Sunday will be their last day. So our last service will be this coming Sunday. So what better day than to start at Elim and reopen a church than Easter Sunday? How about that, eh? So that's, uh, that's what's happening in Sholing. Uh, right, uh, next up. I just wanted to say, actually, when we talk about Sholing, with what uh, Flora has been talking about, hubs, we see this as a, a hub on the east, right? So it's not just for us. It's, you know, it, so CCTS could use it for counselling sessions. You know, you could have pastoral one-to-ones. Elaine could do safeguarding training. There's, there's lots of things. This is an asset for new community. It's not just for showling. Okay, right. Uh, Central Hall. Yes. So Central Hall. Now, no, obviously, you are aware that the uh, school... Uh, are going to be tenants here until September or until the summer of 2025 because the anticipated opening of Hope School over the road is September 2025. So, at that point, what are we going to do? So, there are three options that we're exploring. Uh, we can either sell it, keep it, or redevelop it. And so, those are the three options that are being explored. So if you look at selling it, well, you know, what do we want? Uh, do, we, do we want to own a building? Uh, do we use Hope School facilities across the road? If we were to buy somewhere else, uh, what would that be? Where would it be? So uh, lots of questions. There's lots of options out there. Uh, what if we keep it? Run it as an events venue, as uh, new community ventures are at the moment, and uh, still keep it and use it pretty much as is. But then there's cost implications for that versus the income that we can generate. Uh, and so given its age, uh, a condition report is going to be produced over the course of the Easter holidays to just help us inform what that might look like in terms of cost. Uh, and the third option is um, redevelop it. Uh, there's a, a company called Green Pastures. They're a Christian uh, property development company. Uh, they specialize in uh, redevelopment of church properties uh, with a view to uh, monetizing the, the development, uh, yet still retaining facilities for us as a church to use. So, for example, this building could be uh, redeveloped, um, maybe with some student flats, uh, mixed-use space, who knows. And so, um, we pastors have been engaged to look at the options that that might afford to us, and they're going to be doing that over the course of the next couple of three months, so we should have some feasibility options back by this summer. So that then leads into the autumn. If you take a 
the options of do we <laughs> sell it, keep it, redevelop it. So in the course of the autumn, we'll be looking to evaluate those. So that's what's happening in that respect. And that's it from me, Flora, youth worker. Um, yes, so as you will know, over the last two or three months, we have been recruiting for a youth worker. And unfortunately, we, we weren't able to recruit a youth worker in the last round of recruitment, which felt disappointing and it felt hard. Um, uh, but we really, we really feel like... Um, the Holy Spirit is doing something with our young people. And when I look at life across the community and I look at what's going on with our young people, I see a huge amount of life. And we're just sensing at the moment, what is it? Who is it? How is it that our young people need to be led? So I'd love you to pray with us. Um, I'd also like to ask if you feel like your heart is being stirred for our young people and you'd never have thought <laughs> of doing anything with young people before, I'd love to chat to you or maybe you know somebody else that may be very good at leading our young people. Do come and have a chat to me. Um, we are considering how we open up recruitment, but we want to do that prayerfully and we want the right people to carry uh, what is going on with our, our young people and to le help lead them in the way that the Holy Spirit is leading them. So that's just an update for prayer. We hopefully will open for more recruitment, but also if someone appears to you that's an amazing God-driven youth worker, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Flora. And just to illustrate some of our wonderful youth, we have a very short video uh, just to show some of the passion that some of them have for our community. There you go. So, part of one big team. That's us, isn't it? Us and uh, those who are not here tonight, but part of this wonderful community. So, um, I suppose the question now really for all of us is just to ask, having heard all that we believe God is leading us into, uh, having uh, shared some of our plans for the next, uh, the next 12 months or so, uh, will you join us on the journey? Are you in as we journey together? Um, we had a prophetic word from Julian Richards, who was with us back in November, that he saw the cavalry coming, that sense of putting out a call, and uh, the cavalry coming, people coming to support and journey and fulfill the vision with us. And I suppose we, we first uh, thought that's an element of other people coming to join us, and we've seen that. That's been wonderful. But what I've been particularly observing uh, since then is people from part of this community who've been part of this community for many years just stepping up 
in new ways, to say, yeah, I, I, I want to give of myself into this community, into serving God together with my family around me. We know it's been a challenging time with COVID uh, and experience in many churches is that some people have just drifted away. Some have gone to other churches. Some have just drifted from faith. We probably all know people who've been on some of that journey. But there is a time when people are questioning that actually for those of us who are choosing to follow Jesus, it brings a fresh resolve and a fresh desire to go, come on, I want my life to count. I want to be in. I want to journey with this community. I want to see what God has for us together. And I've been so encouraged to see so many people just stepping up with that new resolve, kicking off, initiating things off their own back to say, yeah, we're in this together. Let's serve God. Let's follow him. So what do we ask of you? Uh, as a leadership team, we, we simply ask what we ask of ourselves. That is to say, as Flora's already asked, would you consider leading or would you join one of our hubs when they begin in September? Even if it was just to lead it one for, for the first five months and then have a break for the second five months. Would you serve on a team? Now, I know so many people in this room serve on probably many, many teams. But if you don't serve on a team yet, would you join a team and serve uh, just at least once a month and say a huge thank you for all of you who contribute so much in that way? So many in this room give so faithfully and uh, generously of their finances above and beyond. If you're not giving regularly to church, would you consider starting to give regularly as part of your commitment? Say, yeah, I'm Ian, we're journeying together. And if you are a, a giver already, would you consider increasing your contribution as we journey together into a new season? And also, would you commit to pray? Uh, the most important of all those things is to undergird what we do in prayer, seeking God's power and authority in all we do, praying that we would be a people who truly are following the way of Jesus, are making disciples and bringing life and transformation to every area of our city. So as a chance to just respond to that now, it'd be really helpful just to have an indication from you uh, ways that you'd help, particularly around the area of potentially helping out to join a hub uh, or joining a hub. If you grab your phones and just grab that, use your phone to pick up that QR code, there is just a short form whereby you can just give your name and email address and an indication, uh, for example, would you be willing to uh, find out more about leading a hub? Uh, are there some areas that you'd be interested in finding out more about serving in? If you're not currently giving, would like some more information about how to give? And also just say, look, why are you willing to, uh, to join us in praying uh, together? So have a quick look at that, and then we're going to finish uh, by gathering together to pray. In a moment. We have run over slightly. We've probably been a bit ambitious about what we can squeeze into one hour. But if you're happy to stay with us for another five minutes or so, Clive is going to lead us um, in prayer. Cool. So uh, what we're going to ask you to do is just uh, gather in groups of about six. It's handy for these guys around the tables, but those of you in the, in the tiered seats, just gather in, in groups of about six. And uh, you can pray for whatever you like. About what's been shared this evening, but um, just in case you get into your group and think, uh, not quite sure what to pray about, here's some easy pointers for you, Mikey. There you go. We can be thankful for all that God is doing. Uh, we can uh, pray for confidence as we share the gospel 
Uh, we can pray for people to come to faith. And Flora's going to love me for this. We can pray for the right person to be appointed as a youth worker. So off you go. In your groups of six, five minutes. Pray for these things. And we'll gather back to um, answer some questions. If you have them, actually, it would be useful if you could pop them in the basket at the end of the session.
So if you could draw your prayers to a close. So I want to say a huge thank you to everyone for coming out this evening and for joining us and uh, sharing this evening as we look back and we look ahead. And we're so excited to be on this journey uh, together with all of you. Um, uh, that is the end of part one of the evening. So if anyone needs to go, um, feel free to head off. If you have a question that hasn't been answered, then please do come and pop it in the basket here. Um, and, uh, and then we will reconvene in about five minutes, those of us who are still here, um, in for a bit of a Q&A session. Obviously, if there aren't any questions in the basket, um, there will only be an A session. You can't really do the A's without the Q's. So um, do put something in the basket. And if there's nothing there, then we can all go home. Otherwise, we'll do our best to answer your questions. So um, there's nothing in the basket yet that you can add in. So thank you, everyone. Have a great evening, and uh, we'll see, see you on Sunday morning. Oh, Sunday evening. Thanks for the reminder. We'll see you on Sunday evening. Sunday evening at 6 o'clock.
killed all the questions for you. Yeah, is that the only one? Yeah. yeah I've seen that one. I can deal with it. I can deal with it. Yeah, yeah, you're great, you're great. That's Graham Bauer for you, man. Field the question. Okay. So um, we have been given one particularly tricky question. I don't know if we have any more. We've only got one. It's a rather difficult one. So I actually, I, I'm not sure I can take this one. So I'm passing this on to Clive. Clive, there you go. Do you want to answer that one? Right. Okay. So, right. Here's here's the tricky question, which I will answer for you. Uh, can we have a copy of the slides? Yes. Right. So we, 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 that's it. So if you want a copy of the slides, let us know. I think, Graham, you're the author of this. If anyone wants a copy of the slides, let us know and we'll pass them on. Thank you very much. And also to say, I believe we've recorded this this evening. So if there's anyone you know who would also like to hear the recording as well as the slides, then we can uh, get that out to you. So.